Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection, with free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Chris Gibbons. Chris is one of about 30 bowlers to have multiple 300 games at USBC Open Championships. Chris just wrapped up bowling in Las Vegas. Thought it'd be great to bring him on. Currently, Chris is sitting in third place, all events-wise, with a 21.02. Scores in team event of 628, doubles of 758, and singles of 716. Chris, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, Chris. So you just left Vegas, had a 21.02 scores. Have you sitting currently in third place? for the all events, uh, you know, all three events cumulative total for nine games. Let's talk about doubles, though, because you shot a 758 in doubles, and a lot of times that's considered the most challenging or the, the trickiest of the three events because you have six minutes to warm up and you're not really warmed up yet in six minutes, in all honesty. But what did you, what were you able to put together in doubles that really, uh, you know, led to that big number? The first part of doubles was kind of, I mean, I started off open, open, so it wasn't like I often got locked in out of the gate on that, on that pair. It just, uh, we, we broke them down correctly and we, and I just didn't move in fast enough to, to where I was able to bounce off of our, our, our burn. And then, uh, I was able to get out with, uh, 216 and I just felt like, I was, I, I felt like the lanes were there. I could, I, I, I saw the transitions before they were happening, it was just a weird kind of sensation where I, I knew exactly where to go before it happened. And I just was able to keep up with it. And it was, it just stayed, it was just consistent. Both lanes got, uh, uh, stayed the same pretty much as far as reaction. One lane was a little tighter, 31, a little tighter than 32 as far as, um, uh, down lane. But they, as far as the fronts, they were, they were exactly the same. And I was just able to stay aggressive. And that was the biggest thing that I was able to stay aggressive. Yeah, so speaking of 31 and 32, it seems like there have been some nice numbers shot on that pair. Obviously, you didn't bowl on any of I mean, you bowled your team on a, another pair, obviously, but was there anything about that pair that you thought, wow, they carried a little better? Or it just, I mean, you guys executed, obviously, but was there anything that you saw on that pair that you didn't see on your other pair for team event? Uh, it just, uh, I would just say that there was, because it was single and double, it's a different condition, but just probably that um, you, you, if you, if you clear the fronts a little easier, it just seemed like you, you, it just seemed like that you had a little bit that if you happen to close down a little bit on, on when you're looking at the ball, it, it wouldn't instantly jump. It was, it would give you, it, you just had like a, a, a border to a give 
and uh, as long as you kept your shoulders straight, but if you happen to, if you, if you happen to, you know, you closed down just a little bit, you weren't, you weren't instantly penalized. You would, you'd likely have a four pin instead of like a strike. So it just seemed like there was just a little more given in, in, in the, in the front part. All right. Well, Chris, uh, yeah. So let's talk about the patterns that, you know, they haven't been released. People are bowling on them. There was a lot of great bowlers out over, over the last week and people are continuing to stream out there in Vegas. What is your thought as far as how information is being shared and as far as what people are saying and what you're hearing? Do you, you know, are you a fan of people relaying stuff or would you rather everyone kind of go in there with kind of the same notion of not having any knowledge or preconceived thoughts or opinions, et cetera? Uh, I mean, the thing is that the, the conditions are, you know, every pair plays a little differently. Um, you know, if you can get information, you know, get the information. I mean, uh, that's, that's part of the game is, is trying to find out what, what, what you can help, help you guys. Cause every, every team's going to have a different game plan. Every single double is going to be a different game plan. Uh, it, it's all going to work for what's going to work for you. Uh, I think that if you can get some information, you know, great. Um, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, the not giving out anything, but I, as far as from the USBC, but, uh, it's, People are going to get the information they're going to get. So I mean, if they can get it, that's that's awesome. Um, if they if they can't, they'll get. No, all they got to do is watch a little bit and get, and they can formulate their their own game plans. But every game plan is going to be different from from what they for for their specific team. So what works for one team isn't going to work for another team. So uh, I think that's if they can get the information, that's all power to them. As long as it's not from like you know people are in charge of the tournament. So. Are you um? Are there any patterns you can compare this to from the past USBC Open Championships that you bowl that you say yeah, it was kind of like this or kind of like that or is this kind of its own different animal in of itself? Uh, I I I it was, uh, I thought it was more like um uh, like Baton Rouge a little bit where you uh, if you uh, older stuff especially for team events it reminded me of Baton Rouge singles and doubles didn't so much because we still had this we still had we didn't have fresh fresh yet. But it reminded me of Baton Rouge uh, a little bit. We the older stuff seemed to work more. Let the ball roll up. So it reminded me more more of Baton Rouge look. We saw the video. I mean, the video still its, own, still its own pattern, but I mean, it, it, the, the motion reminded me of that kind of that kind of, uh, that kind of pattern. So USBC released a video with you showing your last three shots for singles, where you were going for the all events lead. What um what were what it looked like you missed a little bit in at least on a on a few of those is that is that accurate with the flat ten and and it looked like you're also you're throwing I, the roto grip um the no rules is that correct the solid yeah it was it was yeah it was, it was the no rules I used that all the way through through singles and doubles uh I missed it I I missed it more at the bottom than I missed it a little bit that that was the way it was a little bit tighter and I didn't miss it I'm probably a board end but I I more missed it in the, in my hand because if I throw that if I hit that with my hand I strike. Or at least I have a high prevention to strike on that one because that that shot was that part was carrying because I already I just made a move on that lane, and uh, so I I always I made my move try to keep try to try to stay ahead of the transition, and that was the one lane that was giving me the the that was of the two of when I made a move, it just seemed like it would lag a little more I would, I, I could strike but then the next time I got to it I was fine, so uh, I'd made my I'd made my move the previous frame and I. I kicked out a flat ten, so I thought I was fine on that lane now again. And I just, I when you're bowling USBCs and you're bowling for a shot at the, the lead, you got to throw a great shot. And I didn't throw a great shot. I I missed it at the, I missed it more at the bottom than I missed it in. 
but uh it but uh I, that's that was the that was why I was more that was the reaction I had that because I didn't throw a great shot and I was more mad at myself than then the reaction at the back at the back end you I leave a tent in but it's not I, off my hand I'm like going like this has got to get help <laughs> so I mean it could have struck it could have not struck but off my hand I'm like I'm like this has got like 25 percent chance so I was more upset with myself than I was with the reaction at the back end. Awesome. Again, Chris Gibbons joining us here on the Above180.com podcast. A lot of the changes that have been made, I've spoken to some of the bowlers about them, and time is going to tell, tell obviously, how it's going to play out whether, you know, with adding that third division. What did you see, though, as far as, you know, even if you want to talk about some of the side side stuff that was bowled, some of the bracket stuff or any of that, did you notice? Um, obviously, you guys had a pretty big and good squad out there when you bowled it that night. But talk about that and if you noticed anything and any noticeable changes in anything and leading up to this and where you think, you know, is this third division really, you know, kind of what is needed to keep that – 190 to 20 average bowler kind of to, to keep them from from feeling kind of shut out of the tournament uh i would to tell you the truth i wasn't a big fan of the third the third division i i mean i the 190 to 20 i mean the 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 feeling that the i don't think in the 100 years before that they also that the, that average category was ever considered going to be ever going to win an eagle but i mean I think they're looking more for a personal milestone. Everyone's going out there to win, but in a realistic aspect, I don't think that, I mean, there's probably some exceptions to the rule, obviously, but, um, so I wasn't a big fan of the, as far as the side action goes, we didn't notice a whole lot. Cause we had some pretty big teams on our, we had some pretty big action on our, on our, uh, on our, uh, squad because of the teams that were, that bowled on it. But, um, I would say that it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. I, my personal opinion is that, if you're going to keep on keeping the pattern hidden and you're going to make them this hard, you're going to lose the, those are the best when you're going to lose the bowlers. Uh, not because they can't get an Eagle per se. Um, so because guys don't that average one ninety or two Oh, or, or two ten or just under two ten, uh, they shoot 1650 or 1540. And they're, they're just, you know, crying about it then they're going to say, why, why am I coming out here? Next year will be an interesting year to see because Syracuse is not Vegas. So uh, that uh, I'll be interested to see what the what the numbers are out there. But, I mean, as far as the skyfall and stuff like that, back in 1990s when we had uh, 3 million members, we had like 7,000 teams, 6,000 teams. So, I mean, I think they're uh, – I think it's a little um, – and the sky is falling thing. We get 9,000 teams and everything that the tournaments uh, having problems when we had a lot more sanctioned bowlers and we had less teams back in the, back in the early nineties and late eighties and stuff like that. So, Chris, I also want to get your thoughts. you you mentioned earlier, uh, the lanes and the topography and et cetera. Now every pair plays a little different with the, you know, with South point being relatively new in yourself and your experiences at a manager down there in Madison, do you, does that seem weird that the lanes are that, uh, different, I guess you could say, or is that even in, uh, you go to any center, are you going to see that drastic of, of lanes? I mean, I know you walk in and, and, or I guess, or inevitably does it, the, is it much more the pattern is what, what magnifies that? Uh, I, I mean, they were the, the, the lane. I mean, the, because I don't know if the lanes are that much different or not, because, you know, when you bowl in the team event, the single and doubles are the, those patterns are so way different that, 
that uh, I wouldn't say that that the lanes are often out of whack compared to like one pair. I mean, the pattern can magnify or demagnify uh, things, but um, I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have that in every center. I mean, they're they. I don't. I didn't see that. I mean, you're gonna have lane characteristics. They're gonna have all lanes are gonna be uh, are gonna have their own have their own um, ways of looking at uh, ways of uh, playing. So uh, I I don't. As far as topography goes, I I I think that the I, I my my personal is is it's another thing to to if people like that information that's great. My my uh, humble opinion is another thing that the all of a sudden start thinking I can't play here, I can't play there. Uh, that's why I left this. That's why I left that. I mean, it's just another reason for uh, and bowlers like to uh, blame everything else but themselves. So it just gives another reason to be able to say well. That's why I did that instead of like, well, I just threw a bad shot. <laughs> how did you? How did you guys prepare for this up there? Just, I mean, I know the Madison and Wisconsin in general are pretty hotbed for bowling. Was it just bowling on as much challenging conditions, as many challenging conditions as you can, or was it? Was there more a more specific game plan where you guys all got together and tried to do, uh, you know, team practice sessions, etc. Uh, we have a we have a league here that uh, it was just funny that the, the league that we both the last the last. Uh, uh, nine weeks on within a short pattern and it didn't, it was just when we, and, and then, and then when we were talking about topography and stuff like that, uh, the outsides don't, don't tend to hook. So it was more, you, you had to get, you got the mindset of like, well, you have to grind. I think that helped us when we got out there, uh, it helped with your spare shooting, showing, throwing on a, a shorter pattern because you know, you have to force it to get it down the lane. Uh, if you watched our spare shooting, unfortunately, you would say that didn't help us because our spare shooting was horrible in the event. But um, uh, as far as a, a team concept, we we did the we did the um, the hour uh, before, and we uh, did a couple. Uh, we we worked on our game plan out there, and as a ten man team, because we couldn't get all ten guys together when we're out here, and it really doesn't work if you only get four or five. And uh, we were able to put together that game plan out there, and it worked pretty well. It was, it was, uh, we were uh, happy with um, uh, how we were able to get the lanes booked. Now we shot 1,100 last game, so uh, it was. And our, our our other team, they seemed to they, they did the same thing. You know, they 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 got caught in some transition problems, um, but uh, it was the same thing. Uh, for the most part, they shot scores better than us. They just couldn't strike. Yeah, do you think that is going to, if they're going to keep making them this challenging, that breaking them down properly is going to be really the only way you're going to be able to shoot those big numbers like, you know, the the team right now, with you know, that's leading it, like Team, M- team NBR is? Uh, yeah, you, if you don't if you don't go out there with a, I mean, if you, if you have five guys and um, one guy's going to be doing singles and doubles at a, at a later date or he's going to do it with a different, or you're doing it with a, a different guy and a, and a different pair, uh, if you uh, if if they keep them this way and you don't have ten guys that work together, you're dead. You you're you they, then they were gonna have to make like four different divisions for people to have eagles. So I mean, it's uh, unfortunately that's the way the game has gone. People are all caught up with the secret Milwaukee way, I guess you could call it, that they were doing this back in the '80s. That you know they got ten guys together and they 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 they, they worked the land of the their way of doing it. Uh, and so if you have ten guys working together. And they all know their strengths and weaknesses, and when they were and they're working on lane, then 
anybody else going out there that doesn't have that concept together is at a major disadvantage. Yeah, so talk about that because even some of the I go with guys that were from Northern Virginia area, and it was kind of talking some monks, and they said, "Why does it seem like certain teams, you know, and they seem to be in the Midwest, always seem to do well?" And the theory that I kind of gave, having bowled on the East Coast and on the West Coast and kind of everywhere, honestly, is that it seems like there's number one, the shot that you guys in the Midwest, speaking Wisconsin specifically, put out tougher patterns. So you're, you're trained on bowling on them a little bit easier. But then even the house patterns have a little bit more of a volume of oil, you could say. So you have the equipment matches up cl- a little bit closer, at least when they, you know, like even say doubles and singles, because doubles and singles, there was a mm-hmm. good, amount, good yeah. amount of volume. But you go to other places where there's the lighter patterns and lighter volumes, they're not going to have a, 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 you know, a strong hooking ball. They're going to have stuff that's more medium and, and tame, and then they go out to, to nationals and they're going to struggle. Yeah, I would, I would, if, if, yeah, I would agree with that, that, that concept that, that, uh, that there is the, if, the, if the other areas around the nation don't put out higher volumes just because of cost or whatever the reason is. And then, of course, the bowlers are going to be using bowling balls that are going to score on their conditions. They're not going to be using stuff that's going to be good for nine games for the entire, you know, good for going to make an investment for nine games for one year. I, I would that's that's definitely a way of looking at it. And I, I just think that um, the the team concept, is, it's, it's gotten out there now as far as, you know, you got to have 10-man teams and stuff like that. But it's just, it, it's been, I mean, it's been going on since, well, at least in the early 80s that I know of. And when I first got to go nationals, the person I bowled with that asked me to bowl with Rob Bailey, he was trying to teach me that this is the way we, you got to try to, you know, go against uh, the national. You got to work, you got to work this part of the lane. You got to work over this area. And, and at that time, I didn't quite understand it. Now I do, but you know, I was 20 years old and I thought I knew everything and, and I didn't. But uh, I think that the, the culture of, team bowling and working together as far as, you know, with another team and trying to work a lane is just so more ingrained in this, uh, in Wisconsin and in, I would say Minnesota, um, and probably maybe, maybe Chicago area. I don't know for sure about that, but definitely Minnesota and Wisconsin area that, that you work together, you can make them, you're, you're going to struggle in the beginning, but they're going to get so much nicer that they're the, the mindset that, you know, we're not going to get them now. But man, we're gonna destroy them later. Is is uh, is a valuable one because a lot of guys, when they get when they start struggling, they just jump ship and they go away. And they go their own way. And when you get two or three guys like that, then it just it totally messes up the entire uh, pattern. And 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 the, the, if you're not thinking about the team concept at that, then you're not gonna. You, as far as winning, you're not. It's not gonna happen. Awesome. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you for joining me here today. Just a quick little catch up on things and, and your experiences out there. Um, but again, all the best of luck and let's uh, stay in touch and hopefully your score hangs in there. Uh, yeah. What, I guess, what do you think? Do you think as far as, um, you know, the scores that are, that are leading currently, are you thinking they're all looking pretty good? There's still some good bowlers over the next couple months, but are you thinking they're, they're going to hold up? I think the 32-66 in team event, I think, can get got, but it has to be by, you have to shoot at least like a 980-990 first game, maybe a 970, because there are big like, there are big games to be had. The last game, if you're breaking down correctly, I've watched Lynn's Lakers' number two team shoot 11-66. They could have shot 1,200 then and a couple of whiffs in the last couple of frames. So you can get to the 
I think you can get to that number if you if if uh, you happen to get out of the first game with someone's in the big game, you get to nine ninety nine eighty nine ninety, even with a small thousand. That game can get got to, or that can get got to. Um, I think the fourteen oh nine, if you if you get to, you know a guy shoot four forty four fifty the first game, that, that can get got to. I think the eight oh two is pretty solid. Uh, and it can it the I just think that with the guy shooting the last seven to get data to is just amazing. Yes, not being in the position, it's, it's, it would have been it was amazing when I saw it. But for him to do a win to get to the last seven was just it's so I'm I'm amazing respect for that. Uh, just because it's, it's a magical number of 800, and you have to have everyone playing the, the lanes right. And the 21-22, I I you can get to it, but you have to have. Everything has to go right, and the I would say the 802 is probably the one that's, that if I had to put my money on it would be the 802, and then the 2122 would be next, and then the 1409, or then the 26, then the, the team event one, and then the doubles. I think the doubles is the most is the most vulnerable right now. And we do want to remind folks, please check out BowlingThisMonth.com. I'm looking at the site right now, seeing an interview with Pete Weber is up there. Pete came out here and competed in Las Vegas as well. And uh, we'd love to have you take a look at them. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com. Got all sorts of great ball reviews. Looking at them now, seeing some of the latest equipment reviews you can take a look at. Uh, All sorts of great stuff here. Great articles for coaching. Big article right now I'm seeing on how to improve your release and uh, all sorts of stuff. So, again, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. All of that... uh, very good information. Give them your email address. They shoot you an email about once a week so you don't get get spammed a lot and all sorts of uh, that sort of stuff. But anyways, check out BowlingThisMonth.com. Also, make sure you check out the Bowling This Month, uh, the BTM tournament, the Bowling This Month tournament being held at the Orleans. Rick Ramsey and Gail, his wife, do a great job out there. Had a chance to go over and chat with them for a little bit, myself and Bullet. Uh, fortunately, I didn't do too hot. But anyways, always a very tough and challenging shot. So I want to make sure you check out both those things. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com. And also go and check out Rick and Gail at the BTM tournament and the 9-pin no-tap tournament also as well going on at the Orleans. So again, check out everything at BowlingThisMonth.com. Chris Gibbons, want to thank you for joining us. Hey, Chris, if people are in Madison, where can they find you uh, working and, and having a good time down there at uh, bowling? Where, where are you at these days? Um, in Madison, Wisconsin, at Boulevard Lanes, uh, manager there. You can come down and see me anytime. Uh, Forty Lane Center, and we just we got volleyball courts and put in brand new lanes uh, this past year. So uh, it should be. If you want to come in, uh, toss a few back and toss a few games. We'd be more than happy to have you. All right, Chris. Thanks again for being here on the Above One Eighty Dot Com podcast. <laughs>